And as they do, as they make their way back, I invite you to stand as you are able as we come to God's Word. This is in one of the Gospels, one of the four accounts of Jesus' life. This is in the Gospel of Matthew. You can follow along either in the screen or you can turn in your pew Bibles to page 798. Now, we have been in the middle of a new teaching series, and this is called Messy Living. We've been looking at in the middle of lives that aren't perfect, that aren't always going the way we hoped. Where is God in that? And we've been looking at through the lens of one of his disciples, one of his followers called Peter. Now, in this key exchange, <laughs> pun intended, God makes a promise. But you've got to hear what Peter's reaction is in the middle of this encounter. So it's Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So picture it. I had just turned 16 and like a rock star, I passed my driver's test Ooh, I had my driver's license. Life was good. And my parents had been talking to me. I'd been begging them. I'm like, it'd be fine to uh, drive the caravan with the wood grain. That would be amazing. But what if I could have my own car? And you know what happened? They said yes. They said yes to the magic of a 1978 Chrysler Cordoba. Yeah. Nice car, but not for a 16-year-old that had been hoping as we went from parking lot to parking lot to parking lot looking at the sporty ones. I was like, could it be the Grand Am? <laughs> it wasn't. Could it be? I, I guess I'd make do with the Escort GT. That'd be sweet too. Could it be the Toyota MR2? Oh, that'd be fun. I could only have one passenger, but that would be sweet. It wasn't any of those. No, my dad came in one day and he said, son, here are the keys to your car. And as I came out, as I looked at the glorious 1978 Chrysler Cordoba, I thought, first of all, this car is, I know you see it in the picture, but it's almost as big as this sanctuary, <laughs> right? As I started to know about my car, I started to call it the boat, because it's as big as a boat. And I'd be like, hey, can you look on the port? I mean, the left side, the starboard, I mean, the right, you know. <laughs> yeah, the boat. And, but my dad, he said, son, 
Here are the keys. I know it's not the car you hoped for, but it's got something in it that you should know. It has a V8, a 318. I was like, this sounds fun, Dad. So I said, okay, give me those keys. He gave me the keys. And as I popped into the, the car in all its glory, I took the keys out, and I took the key, and I put it in the ignition. Dad gave me a key that didn't fit into the ignition. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it has the Chrysler emblem on it. The car's not going anywhere because the key doesn't fit. And I got out of the car and said, Dad, what's with the key? He said, son, try the other key. Because you know this, back in the day, for you young pups, cars had two keys. One for the ignition, one to go, and one for the trunk. And Dan, in all his wisdom, had grabbed the trunk key. It's great when you have a V8 and you got all the power in the world, but you can't turn the key and can't turn it on. <laughs> so I got over that. I, I let that engine roar with that key, and it was awesome. I was like, that's it. i got to run back inside because we didn't have cell phones, and I have to call all my friends, all two of them. And I called them, and I was like, let's go. I got my car. It's not the one we hope for, but it's the car we need. And I'm like, you know what we can do? We can do anything. So we're going to pile into the car and we're going to go to the big city of Ripon, Wisconsin, eight miles away. You know what we did there? Me and my buddies, we scooped the loop. Now, scooping the loop in layman's term means we would go around the same little loop over and over and over again. And sometimes when you saw a car full of ladies... This is what you do. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming up. You never talk to them. Come on. You just scoop the loop. Keep going. Wave at them. Ooh. Then after scooping the loop for a little while, that was really exciting. But my first ride in the Chrysler Cordoba, I decided we should go to the next big city, which is Marquezan. Of course, you all know Marquezan. Okay, you don't. But we said, let's go there. It's about 10 miles away from Ripon. So I'm like, but guys, we're going there with a V8. So we got to the intersection. I'm like, let's see what this bad boy does. I stomped on it, and this is, this is about what happened. Uh-huh. Light speed. That thing went. You know what's funny about the Cordoba? I mean, literally, you're thrown back like, like you're going into hyperdrive, Star Wars, and uh, you could see the gas gauge go. It was really cool. And uh, as I did that, um, we're going and, and just a couple miles from the intersection, and all at once, I heard something not so fun. First. Oh, that's not the one. I didn't hear Dane Cook from an old uh, clip we had. <laughs> you have it for us, Phil? Oh, it's okay. Guess what we heard? You guessed it, right? Oh, I heard a police officer saying hello. And I thought, <laughs> 
this is my first trip in my new car. And yeah, he pulled me over and he said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he didn't even give me a warning. My first trip, my first time in my car, and I had $196 I was paying to the state of Wisconsin, and it was fun. And it was so great that I decided, I'm like, okay, I'm, I got to tell my parents, and I was the firstborn rule follower, super achiever. I'm like, well, how? I don't know how I'm going to tell my parents. I'm just going to brave it. I'm going to be so courageous. And I went, so I went to the, that town yet, Marquezan, and I called them on the phone because there was no way I was going to say it in person, right? And so I called Dad and I said, Dad, I, I got news for you. And I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I got a speeding ticket. And my dad laughed. So I thought he was going to be angry and yell at me. I thought this is all over, going to be grounded for the rest of my life. And he's like, well, you know you're paying for it, right? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, it's okay. You're going to learn from this. You're going to grow from it. And he said, and the next time we're, we're in a car together, I'm driving, not you. <laughs> Fair enough. I've got news for you today. Do you know you and I have been handed keys? We've been handed keys, and it's something much more powerful, much more amazing than a 318 V8 that was in my Chrysler Cordoba. And the hyperdrive that we're looking at, that God has in store for us, is something that is even more amazing. So what's this key? Because a key is given. Well, this is what Jesus tells them. He, he tells them, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's what he tells Peter. That's what he's telling him in front of the rest of the followers of Jesus. So there's some keys here, and they sound amazing, don't they? And they sound like there's so much into them, because what What happens, what Peter will do on earth is going to impact heaven. What he binds on earth will be bound. Whatever he looses on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, I was excited. So excited when dad handed me those keys for the first time. And when I walked out and saw the Cordoba, I was not so excited once I saw it. God is giving you and me keys, and I'm getting closer and closer to the camera for those that are watching this right now from wherever they're at. But I'm here to tell you, bless you, it's powerful, and it's not going to be what you expected at first, these keys to God's kingdom. So how do we get them? What does it look like? We find out how, how he gave these keys to Peter, why he gave them. Did you catch that? He starts out by giving the disciples a pop quiz. He says, so, you know, you've been with me a while. You've seen some miracles. You've, you've heard me teach about the kingdom of heaven. So what are people saying? Who's, who's the son of man? Who, who am I? And the disciples are like, oh, 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 pick me, pick me. And one's like, it's John the Baptist. That's what they're saying you are, John the Baptist, your cousin. 
And, and then another was like, oh, 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 it's, it's Elijah. That's what some are saying. And, and another person, then he chimes up and he says, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, or, or someone like him. So those are good, those are good answers. Obviously, they're hearing from people because of what Jesus has been doing. There's, there's been pretty amazing stuff because John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, they're people of God. But then he asks a key question. It's one we need to ask. But who do you say that I am? So who's Jesus to you? It's easy enough to come into a church like Living Waters. It's easy enough to maybe listen to a, a podcast or, you know, sit with someone else and they, they read a devotion and to hear what others say about Jesus. Who do you say that Jesus is? Peter has one answer. And he says this, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in that, here's the key. Now, I don't know what your answer is when you ponder who is Jesus to you. How does God work in your life? What's the key to purpose and meaning in the kingdom of heaven for you? But I wonder, if our answer is not Jesus is our Messiah, the one who saves us, the Son of the living God, when we look at these keys that we're thinking about what is the kingdom of heaven, if it's anything but what Peter's answer was, you know what we're doing? We have the trunk key. We have the key that looks like it'll work, but it doesn't. So if you think Jesus was a kind man, he was, he was loving, and he taught forgiveness, and he was just a good teacher, if you think that's, that's all that was, then you're holding a trunk key. If you think Jesus is, is there for others, that he's the Messiah for just pastors and priests or just special people, and that you don't deserve it because you've somehow messed up, Life has somehow gotten by you, and you're holding the, the trunk key. Jesus today, the key to our connection with God, the key to, to how God wants to move through you, and God does over anything, is through Jesus, our Messiah. So sometimes we're going to actually do what Peter did. We're going we're gonna, to... Well, he is our Savior. And guess what? We're going we're gonna to go and we're going to go on that journey of life and sometimes we're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. You're going to. There's sometimes you're going to doubt that Jesus is actually doing what he promised or that he's actually there. Sometimes you, like me, you're going you're gonna to hit the gas. You're going to say, man, let's, let's take this key for a spin. Let's go. And when we look at this road of life, and when we start to think of it just as us, there'll be consequences. The sirens will start going. But when we fail, when we sin, when we screw up, when we doubt, God's answer, you have to hear this. God's answer is not taking away the keys. 
God's answer is not, no, I, no you're no longer part of my plan for God's kingdom. My, you're no longer lovable. No, you know what God does? He does just what my dad did. He may laugh. He may shake his head when you fail. But then guess what he says? Let me drive. Let me take the wheel. I'll take you to places that you never would have guessed. Places that maybe are ones that you weren't hoping to go to. But in them, God is trying to reveal again and again and again that the keys of his kingdom are fulfilling in ways that this world doesn't teach us. They are ways of forgiveness and love and God's life and God's purpose and God's meaning. So today, who is? Who is the Son of Man for you? He's your Messiah. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for loving us so much. Loving us as much as you love Peter or any of the other disciples. As much as you loved anyone else that has ever lived on this earth or ever will. You live us, love us so much that you promised that you'd be with us forever. God, thank you for this perplexing key that you gave to Peter. We don't understand how it unlocks your kingdom. But God, we know, we know it's all because of you. So God, today, right here in Fargo, 2,000 years later, help us. Help us to know that this key is for us too. That your love, your life, the ways that you came to save them, it's the same way you come to save us today. And all God's people said, Amen.